podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them, and the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. So Peter got up, and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the gospel of our Lord. So throughout the season of Lent, we gathered for our midweek services by studying different kinds of prayer, different ways to pray. I thought we'd take advantage of that this morning. So instead of the normal prayer that I pray before a sermon, I'm going to invite you into the prayer. I'm going to invite you to join me in singing some hallelujahs. In a tune that maybe isn't one that you've ever heard in church before. But there's a Lutheran artist named Rachel Kurtz who took this song, one that I'm sure you know, written by Leonard Cohen, and changed the lyrics. And they seem like such a perfect prayer for Easter Sunday. And so I'd like to invite you to join me for the chorus of this song so that these hallelujahs can carry us into a place where we might hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. When children are tucked in at night, parents dream of peace and light, of hope and love and freedom and a future. In the midst of war and poverty, the broken dreams and the mystery, the Spirit comes and breathes the hallelujah, 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 followers thinking all was lost they scattered aimless like they never knew 
song 40 days of fasting from alleluia alleluia it means god be praised it's the kind of thing that pours out of us when good news permeates down to the core of our being when we wait with bated breath and finally receive the news that a loved one's cancer is in remission when we see the first flutter of a heartbeat on the ultrasound, when we witness the scanner chiming out into the silence of late night, telling of a horrible accident on the mountain, to be met by a phone call, and we hear that our child is okay. Hallelujah. God be praised. But the hallelujah, it rarely means the same thing if it doesn't rise out of a place of despair. Just like taking a candle out under the noon sun and expecting it to cast light on something is different from striking a match and lighting a candle at midnight and watching as the darkness of your room illuminates. Hallelujahs, even the cold and broken hallelujahs must rise from the hollow of our souls in order to truly resound with their joy. At its heart, this is the story of Easter. A teacher, a beloved leader, their friend. Jesus was brutally and publicly tortured and killed. And the women and men who had walked away from their families, from their fishing boats, from their livelihoods as they knew them, they found themselves in the pit of grief and agony that Friday night. Now, if you've ever lost someone that you love dearly, you know the physical exhaustion of grief. There's that, that headache that seems to appear behind your eyeballs after you've cried out the last of your tears. The world seems to lose its vibrancy and its color. I imagine this is how the women found themselves as they left home with their prepared spices at the break of dawn that Sunday morning to go to the tomb. But when they arrive, they are amazed and confused to see the enormous stone that had been rolled 
away from the entrance of the grave. And two men in dazzling clothes, angels, appear beside them. And they ask, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Now remember how he told you while he was in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And I imagine these women in the ache of their grief before the sun has even really fully risen stand there in shock in that moment. It takes a while for what these angels, these men are saying to them to sink in. Oh sure, Jesus had spoken of some pretty crazy things in these last weeks before he died. But could they really be true? And as the news sinks in that that Jesus had risen from the dead, they took off running their hallelujah moment permeating to their bones as they had to share the good news with anyone who had ears to hear it. Jesus lives. And when they arrive and they tell the disciples and the others who had gathered in the hiding place, these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Do you see what happened there? The women get it. They realize what's going on, that Jesus' crazy promise of life overcoming death was actually true. And the women finally hear and believe what Jesus had been speaking about for weeks. And when they tell it to the other disciples, they don't believe them. Because the men are in their own darkness. They are stuck in their grief. They are stuck in the fear of more violence. And they do not yet have ears to hear the hallelujah. And so the women are met with accusations of lies and of gossip. Accused of spinning tales. It was only once Peter ran to the tomb himself and saw the linen cloths with his own eyes that he believed amazed at what had happened. It was only then that the contagion of the hallelujah could reach him to his core. These first witnesses, these first hearers of the good news of Jesus' resurrection were filled with doubt and confusion. They were lost in their darkness. Sure, they'd heard about its coming, but they couldn't wrap their brains around it once it was there. The story had to be told and witnessed and experienced, and only then could the hallelujah sink in. You know, Jesus is still speaking to us today. But so often, we don't hear it. Sure, we know the story. We've been coming to church for years. We've been sitting in these pews on Easter Sunday for the same service for decades. But I think that we've become so afraid of entering the darkness that the joy of the hallelujahs around us can't touch us. 
Our news is riddled with stories of violence. There are terrorists overseas and on our own soil. There are Christians who are persecuted, executed for their faith in Christ. But we stay on the outskirts of the darkness. Instead, we allow the political shenanigans of our time to become our distraction, to keep us from any depth of experience. I think that we live in a sort of self-induced twilight where the light of Christ has but little visible impact on the darkness around us. We entertain talk about building walls, about keeping others' darkness at bay so that it cannot touch us, all the while gathering in this holy week to tell the story of a God who gave his own life to save us, a God who enters into the darkest of all darkness for the sake of humanity, so that the sweet refrain of burst into the scene with its blinding light. The story of Easter is our story. It is more than just a story of rising from grief. It is the story of a Savior who enters into the depths of hell to shed light into the darkest corners of the world. It is an invitation for us to enter boldly into the world's darkness so that hallelujahs may be sung. Even in the face of devastation, the resurrection of Christ gives us the strength to proclaim, God be praised. Hallelujah. Even though this is a familiar story, we keep telling it so that others can hear it for the first time. We tell it so that the darkness of others' grief, of a frightening diagnosis, of a daunting move, of a haunting loss, can be pierced with the joy and the hope and the promise of hallelujah. God be praised. Even in the darkness of death and grief, Christ has triumphed life. Christ has triumphed. Life has won. Hallelujah. Peace to the brokenhearted ones, the captives and the prisoners. In our shame, our doubt, our fears, God's calling to ya. Oh, love, it has its victory march, proclaiming peace to those far off. And with grateful hearts, we raise the hallelujah. Praise to 
Holy Trinity, the Lamb has come, we are set free, and joyfully we raise the hallelujah. To the Father, Son, and the Holy Dove, we join our hands under God's love, and raise our voices singing hallelujah. We pray.